Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. From catching the bus for a family adventure, taking a tram to work, hopping in a taxi for your big night out, or simply relaxing on the train for your next shopping trip. Transport for Ireland is here to reconnect you with all you've missed and everything you want to do. Please do mask up. Use a TFI Leap card where possible, respect each other and be patient so we can all travel safely. Reconnect with the Transport for Ireland network. Welcome to Blood and Mud, the podcast that honestly doesn't have the first fucking clue about what to do with all that shit in the Middle East. No idea. Yeah, or no any idea, of it means. Got no idea. I got some potentially helpful suggestions, but to be honest with you, I mean, I, I can't guarantee it's going to be any use. I've got no idea. The only advice, I, I, maybe we should apply the advice that we apply to rugby scenarios, which is, would it be helped by sending a Georgian in? <laughs> in this case... Maybe you never know, do you? Yeah. How do they make it worse? That's (laughs) what I want to know. (laughs) Send Cola Lishvili in. See what he does with it all. (laughs) He'll sort it out. Indeed. I am not Cola Lishvili. I'm Lee, and over there is. If only I was Cola Lishvili, I'd probably just well, I'd be a lot more manly for starters. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then, wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all, indeed? Who are you, though? Oh, yeah, fuck. You forgot that bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Josh Gardner. Sadly, I remain. Sorry, I've got me I've got me things all mixed up here. I'll be there now. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, yeah. I am uh, Lee at bloodandmud.com or at bloodandmud on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Um, I've, I, see, I've forgotten both my name and all of my things, and you've totally lost your... I mean, this is... All my screens are the wrong way around for me notes. I just my head went. We are absolutely steaming into 2020. Aren't Hitting we? 2020 with the energy we intend to carry it through with. That's what I like to see. <laughs> New decade, same old shit. <laughs> um, uh, at Josh Gardner, at RugbyShitWatch and RugbyShitWatch.com. 
We are on Acast. We're on all those places. We're also on patreon.com slash blood and mud. I'd, like to, I'd like to thank those VIP people who are, who, are, who are welcoming 2020 in like absolute fucking heroes by volunteering to come into the VIP lounge and give us their support. Oh. And that is Adam Fletcher. Yes. Jonathan Mead. Yes. And little cheeky Jamie Furlong, who's increased his, his he's had enough of lurking. He's had a New Year's resolution coming into the VIP lounge. I mean, what better? You know, it's, it's a New Year's resolution you can stick to. That's the thing. Don't it. waste your money on gyms. Yeah. No. I was, I was speaking of, like, this is a, a mad tangent, but. Um, I don't believe you, gyms, but go on, yeah. <laughs> speaking of gyms, I was talking to um, one of my colleagues from uh, Singapore today, and do you know they still have national service in Singapore, right? It doesn't surprise me, but yes. Yes, they do. And they've got to do it every year. Um, between All men have got to do it between the ages of 18 and 40, um, which seems punchy from a sort of fitness point of view. It does, doesn't it? Um, You'd be in that window. Yeah. I'm, I'm outside it. You don't want to move there. Well, indeed. But apparently, um, what they, they every year they have to do a fitness test, right? Oof. With like done by a proper PT where they've got to run sort of three or 4K in under 10 minutes and they've got to do 15 pull-ups and all this sort of stuff. You know, not mad shit, but shit that most of us would go, Yeah, don't fancy that. I'm not sure I could be asked doing that, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if they don't, if they can't do it, right, then they have to go to PT sessions every single week with an army drill instructor until they can this do it. This is just ordinary members of the Singapore ordinary, society. Any, any age... male between the ages of 18 <laughs> and 40. So you right? could just be like in McDonald's and somebody could walk up to you and demand that you do these requisite fitness tests. <laughs> And if you, but then if you don't, you, they make you go every single week to go and work with the military PT until you're able to do it. And so you basically, and I was like, do you have to pay for that or anything? He's like, no, it's free. I was like, there are people in this country that would literally pay about a hundred quid a month to go and work with, out with a military PT. It's quite a perverse welfare state, isn't it? However, it would probably yeah. create a more general sense of a. Uh public health you think indeed i mean i've got quite a few singaporean colleagues and they're all very skinny and i understand why because they don't want to get beasted by an army pt every single week until they can do wouldn't go down while in britain no would it no you have to run now why mate there's no fucking bus pulling off what do you want me to run for (laughs) indeed anyway that was a slightly also we can't do it here because we can't have national service because it's against the human rights act yeah well i mean for the time being anyway well yes Force conscription not allowed. Dignity. Anyway, um, so yeah, speaking of that, don't bother joining a gym. Let's be honest, gyms nah. are just fucking work camps have all been conned into paying for. So, exactly. you know, take a stand and can contribute some of your lovely money to some barely concealed fury once a week instead. We guarantee to keep it going if you guarantee yeah. to help us. So there you go. Uh, we start, as we always start, with with a player spotted. It's a snappy one this week. A snappy Ooh, player spotted. I like, this week, I like you snappy. Simon Bonwick has been in touch on the DMs. Good name. Yes. He says, I was in Debenhams, doesn't say which one, low on detail. He says, I was in Debenhams lingerie department, listening to to the pod. There's a cocktail. There's a cocktail for you. Um, (laughs) He says, um, and the player spotted was actually on when Matthew Reese walked past me. So there you go. That's as snappy as it is. Which Debenhams (laughs) was it, Simon? I mean, realistically, it's going to be Debenhams in Cardiff, isn't it? If it's Matt Reese, is he still be, doing it? stuff for the Blues? Is or Debenhams be about... is the one in Cardiff staying open? Because they're all for the chop, aren't they? 
God knows. God knows. The one in Chester's staying open. I do know that much. I mean, I assume they're keeping the one in Bath open because they spent fucking shit loads of money building it about five years ago. It's not very good, though. It's just a Debenhams. It's Debenhams, isn't it? Yeah. Simon, I, I have a vision of you listening to the pod in a Father Ted style, being unable to escape from the laundry <laughs> department. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up, because it's a fucking brilliant episode of comedy. Indeed. Uh, there you go. So that was a player spotted. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with player spotted, we normally like a bit more detail than Simon's, but it was snapping. I liked it. I'll be honest. I would have liked it a little bit more, just out of, you know, yeah. curiosity. If what were you looking yeah. at? I'd like to know for a start. Set the scene. Yeah. What, what were yeah. you leafing through? It's not even Valentine's yeah. Day, Simon, and yet you're... Uh... What, what mental... Was he getting really early on that? I suppose it is a good time to get the deals because you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get cheap knickers on Valentine's Day. Let's be honest. Yeah, maybe he's. Believe me, you're not going to get cheap knickers on fucking Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, we move on to the news. Let's move away from this very quickly. (laughs) We do. Um, Go, you give us some news. uh, My favourite bit of news this week is that Alan Wynne Jones is back, uh, back, 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 and he's bringing you honesty with a side of honesty uh, in his first press conference. More than most. Um, when it comes to the point where you have to say that, I'll be honest. Um, I think there, there's, there are guys that are doing everything they can um, and being questioned and answering the, those questions to you and trying to do it on the pitch. Um, but again, there are probably other people that aren't being held to account in the organisation. It's difficult to, to say that to you, but I'm, that's what I feel having watched and been involved. Um, with, you know, Oscars rugby so long. Who and what do you mean by that? I'm not going to name names, but I think um, <laughs> there were eyebrows raised about um, recruitment and, you know, the squad that we've had and the success we've probably had in the past as people over cracks, um, and that's not being derogatory to anyone. Um, that's just being honest with you. You go back through the list. Go on, Alan. Alan Wynne Jones has had enough. He has had enough. He's He's not having it no more. Yeah. He is. He has come back. He's had a look around Australia, and he's on the fucking barricades (laughs) straight away. And yeah, amazing, amazing press comment. I'm just going to leave that playing in the background because it's quite inspiring. Um, Yeah, he's come back. He's done his first press conference, and in that press conference, he's called out all of the Ospreys' on-field management for not fronting up and being asked, accepting the answers to honest questions. He's criticised Dan Griffiths uh, very unsubtly. While one of them was sat next to him. That's what I find quite funny. Well, if you watch that video, by the way, it's well worth watching Carl Hogg's face when he sees that Alan Wynne-Jones is going to go there. And (laughs) the eyes suddenly widen and then he spends the remaining four minutes while Alan Wynne-Jones is going on about how, you know, the Ospreys' recruitment hasn't been good enough, that the players raised eyebrows, that the players have raised concerns, but they were ignored in the past. I'll tell you what I do like. Op- it's like we've just papered over the cracks. I don't want to be derogatory to anybody. I mean, that's not derogatory, yeah. is it? I mean, if anybody <laughs> told you that you're the paper for the cracks, that yeah. you, that, that some, wouldn't be taken that way, would it? We weren't here 10 years ago are fucking shit, is what he's <laughs> saying. And they're not good enough to wear this year. But at least they're trying, and at least they're trying. They're giving a good account of themselves, which is more than you can say for the people off the field. Is basically the gist of it. <laughs> um, 
Just he does lose it. points though because but you didn't put in that it's at the beginning. He does refer to the Ospreys as a rugby entity at least four times. <laughs> he, he seems to get quite confused as to what he clearly wants to call it a club, but he knows that he can't. <laughs> he can't do that. Yes, <laughs> he did do. He did do one bit aside where he was like, he was like, you know, we haven't been. We've been good on the rugby on the field side, but we've not really been good at the rugby side of the. And then he was just like business i suppose you'd call it <laughs> and the disdain with which he did actual air quotes for business was gl- honestly this has been a fucking shite season to be an ospreys fan obviously obviously but just seeing a seeing him back lovely and ready to tear did it all some- in a fucking beanie hat by the way did it all in a beanie hat, just looking even more angry. Like, he hates press conferences, which is a shame because his press conferences are almost always excellent value one way or another because he hates it so much. But, um, yeah, these guys, there are guys who are doing everything they can, being questioned and answering those questions to the press and trying to do it on the pitch. There are probably other people who aren't being held to account is an absolutely monstrous quote for anybody involved on the non-rugby side of the Ospreys situation at the moment coming from the best Wales player that's ever lived and the best Ospreys player that's ever lived. Oh, and the current captain. Yeah. I mean, it was glorious stuff. It was just like, right, I'm back. I'm going to throw a load of fucking hand grenades and I don't give a fuck. Do you know what's funny, though? The media, as they do, are calling it explosive, which I suppose when you're saying everybody who runs this fucking entity is a big bag of shit, I suppose it is explosive. However... All five of the entities. When somebody told me that... Have you seen it? I said, no, I actually got loads of tweets about it. I hadn't seen it. I better go and look this up. And it was... what what And the headlines were explosive. What made me laugh? He just came across... He, came, he seemed so tired. Yeah. <laughs> he was just He's like, I'm fuck. fucking so fed up with this. I can't even really express any kind of angry emotion in my voice. I'm just going to very <laughs> neutrally no tell there. you exactly like, what a shit show happening. this is. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, that's, I think that's why the response has been so sort of visceral from Osprey's fans. It's just been like, he had the exact tone of all Osprey's fans now, where we're just not... Will he be we, accused we of not being a real Osprey's player and not and not being a proper yeah, probably. supporter <laughs> probably like is, you yeah. were for, for saying <laughs> such things? Indeed. But like, he's... He's fucking just sick of it, like we all are. And he's not really even angry about it anymore. He's just had enough. Because he was saying in it, you know, there were things that he was raising with the coaches and with the management when he was captain. And he hasn't been the Ospreys captain for at least three years. So he's, and he said, and Dan Lydia has raised them with him earlier in the season and now Justin Tipper. It seems like anyone that knows what the fuck is they're going and they're doing in that team is just going, what the fuck is this what honestly, what are you doing? Which is exactly how we all feel. Yes. Um, yeah. The leadership group are not impressed. I think is a yeah. <laughs> basically yeah. I mean, it's it's Alan Wynn is all of us right now in a beanie and, hat. In a beanie hat, looking fucking pissed off while Carl Hogg frantically looks for an exit. <laughs> Something inside it's Carl Hogg has just fallen on its side, as, <laughs> and he doesn't know what to do about it. It's honestly worth watching. For some reason, the Ospreys put that press conference on their YouTube channel, which is the only place you can see it. Um, and about Fair. yeah, about four minutes in, it goes from Carl Hogg's sort of nonsense platitudes to someone asking Alan Wynne jones a question and him metaphorically cra- cracking his knuckles. <laughs> and Hogg is sort of sat next to him in silence the whole time. And the second that he sees that he's going there, his eyes just sort of widen a bit. Because <laughs> if you go, ooh! 
Can you imagine if he actually said, no, hang on a minute, Alan? Can you imagine? <laughs> well, no, I can't, because I think we all know how that would end. But, and then for the entire, like, other three or four minutes where, you know, this is, the quotes are there, but it's three or four minutes of Alan Wynn basically tearing into everything about the Ospreys except for the current, you know, yeah. for the Yeah, and players. even then he says, and they're, they're not good them. enough, but at least they're and fucking running about and that. Them, do you know yeah. what I mean? At least they're fucking trying. Yeah. At least they're working on I saw a few of them doing some press-ups today. I can't fucking fault that. <laughs> However, these fuckers, yeah. Indeed. And the whole time, Hog's eyes are just sort of doing full-on, like, like oh, they become totally. Shit. Yeah, he's <laughs> looking for anywhere to look, but at the people who are uh, might someone who might ask him a question. It's amazing. So yeah, have a look if you haven't seen it already. But yeah, more of this, and this is what yeah. makes rugby fucking great because this doesn't happen in football, not at the Absolutely. top level anyway. Okay, it happens at some of the lower level when you've had enough. But uh, yeah, so it's worth watching. Um, at the opposite end of the success um, spectrum, yes, Nigel Ray has shuffled off to the great leather-clad office of yeah. retirement. Yeah, he's going to have more time to hang up all those pictures that were of cricket matches that were on the floor in his office in that picture now. So have more time to bouffant the top of his hair. But um, <laughs> and straight away, the new stroke old chief exec has come in and said, this squad is fucked. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, very, but basically just went, yeah, yeah we, we really need we to do something about it. We will very shortly be implementing the actions required to underpin these words is... Uh, it's absolutely not saying uh, that they are, you know, it's not saying, well, we want to reassure the public, our fans and the fe- our fellow clubs that we're totally currently within the cap, is it? I mean, yes. Like... <laughs> However, this weekend, everything must go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Sarri's going to have more sales than DFS by the end of the season, I think. It's... <laughs> It's. I know True the story. I went to DFS, me and my wife, and we my bought. We bought. This was the, the so not the one we got now, the one before. We bought the only sofa that wasn't in the sale, in DFS. <laughs> that's what I've got to deal with. We got a DFS, and she wants the one that's not in the sale. So I mean, is it because quite a lot of the sofas in DFS are absolutely like the sort of level of bad where you think who's actually bought this? They're made out of kindling, per- aren't they? Not yeah. as bad as and SCS. Like... I'm telling you, you, go in SCS and it looks like it looks like a sort of middle-aged person from Grimsby's wet dream, basically. The, thing, the things that I couldn't understand were how much purple leather there was in there last time. It's well, like, what is it with velour sofas like... now? These oh fucking velour. I mean, we had a velour footstool, right? It was fucked within about an hour of being in the house. <laughs> yeah. Dog hair stuck to it, matted, terrible. That might just be us. I accept that. But honestly, how do you sit on velour? <laughs> Where were we? Nigel Ray. He won't have velour in his office. He can guarantee. Absolutely not. It's all studded leather. The only thing he'll have as velour is his, his fucking house coat, I imagine. Yes. <laughs> the smoking jacket that he holds, he hangs up behind the door so in his off, office. Obviously. So off he goes, and a lot of people are not very happy that people keep pointing out he's a cheat. I mean, because, he is, though. Yeah, I know he is. That, but, but a lot of people say he you should point it out it. because he's, he is literally like fucking Jesus of fucking Barnet, according to some people. <laughs> The fact is, he did. What I don't get about him, right? And this, and I genuinely yeah. don't know, right? This is a genuine don't know. Mm-hmm. He loved his club. He loved the community mm-hmm. of his club, and he plowed a load of his own money into it. And he gets a lot of yeah. kudos for that, right? And fair enough. Absolutely. However, how different is he to lots of other people who did that with clubs? And I genuinely don't know yeah. that because he seems to be uniquely singled out for praise above the Bristol guy. 
above yeah, Tony a, Rowe, above lots of different people. It's because I get the impression. Above, what is yeah. what is it that he's done that's so different to what Tom Walkinshaw did? The Walkinshaws did at Gloucester. Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely don't know. This is not that's not a rhetorical question. He stuck around a bit we, longer, put more money in, mm-hmm. cared more about the, the club than the play. You know what I mean? The, the the whole offer of the club rather than the players. I mean, yeah, I think there's definitely a truth that he's done some very good and unusual and innovative things. You know, the starting a school, for instance, although yes. that is a massive tax doddle, let's not be honest. Let's beat around <laughs> the bush here. But um, he did it, and I'm sure people benefit from play. it. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't have to do it, and a lot of people haven't. It's not a zero-sum game. Everyone can win, can't they? You no, get a good school, yeah. and he gets a bit of a tax dodge. You know, that's Absolutely. not bad. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, it's undeniably a good thing on the on the whole of it. And, you know, he was committed to Saracens for a very long time. He did put a lot of his own money in. He did a lot. I think for a lot of Saracens fans, it's the fact that they were fucking nowhere. Really. Yeah, they were rubbish. They'd, they'd, they'd won the Tetley Cup in the 90s. That was the only trophy they had. Mm. And they were just generally kind of rubbish in the grand scheme yeah. of the reunion, weren't they? And what he's done, particularly in the last decade, is, is totally transform that team from... Perennial also runs, and the sort of least fashionable team in London, and the least supported team in London, to still being the least supported <laughs> team. <in London>. But, <laughs> however, but, yeah, however, you know, an unprecedented level of success in terms of providing players to England and the Lions, in terms of winning trophies, in terms of winning European trophies, you know, it's. It is a remarkable achievement, but as you say, lots of people have given loads of fucking money into, you know, realistically, for all of the stuff that Nigel Ray has been praised for, it's not really until Brendan Venter turned up in, what was it, 2009 I mean, he threw money at Philippe Seller, didn't he, and Benazir and people like that, and yeah. Michael Liner. I mean, he got he got some pretty big guys over it. Yeah, he was, he was doing and a lot of that. And he wanted to increase the profile. And, you know, and, he, and he obviously took a view that I'm going to increase the profile of this club massively right now. And he got them a new, you know, he got them a new stadium, and, you know, they have a permanent home now. and All of that. You know, he's absolutely... But then, you know, you look at... Bath, and you look at what Bruce Craig has done. Bath were fucking shit until he took, you know, mm. they had more of a fan base. But you know, Bath were training, and I used to drive past it on the way to work every day. Bath's old training ground and training facilities look like something that you'd fucking. Well, it looks like their ground, which is still a fucking shit hole. But you know, it looked like something from the nineteen seventies, and now they train in a fucking ridiculous country house. You look at what's the it's, Warriors there. Grounds yep. modern and very good. And yes, yeah, so, and I'm not so I genuinely I look think at, anybody who does yeah, that deserves Steve some Lansdown, praise. Look at Bristol. That yeah. that's the best ground uh, in the Premier And anybody now. does that deserves praise. I'm not trying to say it isn't Absolutely. worthy of praise. I just he he always seems he to also be unique. Was a cheat though. <laughs> and he's also uniquely singled out as somebody who's almost given more of his money and more of his time. The fact is he has mm. done it. But I mean yeah. I got I posted some on Twitter because I was just basically saying, look, he wrote Stop having a go at people who point yourself out because he wrote his own epitaph, both the good stuff and the bad stuff. So you can't have a go at people who who either look at one side or look at the other side. Whatever, you know, what will history view him as? Don't know. But the bottom line is there's nothing wrong with now saying, yeah, all of that. However, on the other hand, this. (coughs) Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, it's quite clear that they're going to have to fucking massive fire sale on that squad now, which is interesting because was Griffiths, could he not break cover on that until Ray was gone? Well, Ray was kind of... I wonder what's going on. I don't know anything what's going on behind the scenes. No. But 
That won't stop it us seems... speculating, though. That's what Absolutely. people come Well, it for, seems so. to me like this came very, very out of the blue all of a sudden. And Saracen's line has dramatically changed from Nigel Ray's, you know, defiance and saying that, no, there's nothing wrong with any of this. We were fucking, you know, yeah. we made a slight clerical error to we are very, very sorry. We're very, very, very sorry. Did we say we're very sorry? Etc. Um and we've said sorry enough now. This, Stop this having whole a go stuff about, about it. We'll very shortly be implementing the actions required. You know, that to me says, was there a situation where, you know, Ray was sort of insisting that they kind of continue to do what they've always done and to hell with the consequences sort of thing, mm. you know, or if not that, then we're sort of saying, well, you know, this is, a, or it just feels weird that the new man has come in and has instantly vault-faced quite dramatically. Because, yes. Because he's the old man as well, remember? He was around before, wasn't he? Yes, indeed. And he's only an interim, and he's basically come in in sort of a... Because the thing, the thing is, if Nigel Ray was, you know, wanted to, to insulate himself from some of the negativity, which, don't get me wrong, would be hard, given the se- you know, go at the end of the season when Saris might well have won the European Cup again, you know, or whatever. But instead, he's gone mid-season during a time where they are still, let's not forget, they are still bottom of the Premiership. You know, they might not be for much longer. Yeah, indeed. Not judging by Saturday. <clears throat> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that whole sketch is very, I don't know, the timing feels weird. It all feels weird, is what it, it feels like. Yeah. We'll see what happens in the next couple of months, I think, is going to be an interesting Yeah, it feels thing, like isn't? a situation that might potentially have been foisted on someone in this. Yeah. Because, you know, Edward Griffiths, sure as shit, didn't seem like he looked, wanted to be chairman of Saracens again all of a sudden. Um, but, of course, the interesting thing is that the salary cap isn't calculated until the end of the season. Like the you know the right. the, cap, the cap, what you do is you you know at the end of the season you say Give a full this accounting. is how much we yes. spent this is how much we spent on players this year, including bonuses X Y Z and all this uh, and this is under the salary cap. Now, some people have used that as a sort of reason why oh when you say salary Saracens are over the cap nobody's over the cap technically because you don't work out this cap until the end of the season, which is a bollocks false equivalency argument by the way. Because I'm pretty sure that any team that doesn't know what his salary cap number is going to be by the end of the season probably needs to get a new accountant. But I mean, <laughs> maybe they need one of those as well. But it says to me that something's going to, like you say, something is yeah. going to happen here. There's some. The fact that whether whether it's things we will never know about because it is the closing of certain loopholes and the closing of certain means by which players are being inappropriately compensated in ways that are probably not going to make those players very happy, but we'll never know about it. Or if it is, as you say, going to be a fucking everything must go fire sale of expensive players. I could see fucking Liam Williams being back at the Scarlets before the end of the season. Yeah, which would be that's interesting because that great. would open a door on something that's never really happened before, apart from in very exceptional circumstances. It's always the end of the season these things happen generally, isn't it? Unless yeah. you're in a quick interim thing like mm-hmm. people from the Southern Hemisphere do. Yeah, so it would be interesting. I think, again, 
after sort of feeling like the Saracens situation was basically over now, and it was all over by the inevitable overturning of the relegation <laughs> through battering everyone, uh, it all of a sudden feels like there's a lot more to run in this. Well, speaking of all over, our conversation about it is over. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so, what other news have you got? Um, Reese Webb has sort of been sacked by Toulon, but he hasn't. But he, I mean, me basically meet the new Murad, same as the old Murad. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Bernard Lamatri, the new owner of Toulon, uh, who took over a couple of months ago, uh, has basically gone on a gone on a local radio station to have a massive go at Reese Webb for having the temerity to exercise his legal right not to take up the final year of his contract and then signing a contract with someone else. Um. I love Fair that. enough, I guess. I love the fit and proper person test to take over ownership of a big club in France must be interesting, wasn't it? Checklist, you know. Are you loaded? Yes. <laughs> Are you a shit house no, and no, or no, mad? No more questions, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a shit house and or mad? Yes. yes. Right. No problem. On you go. Absolutely. Please draft the money into this account. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the long story, the, the short version of it is that effectively, he's not even making any sense, is he? Because he's basically saying. We agreed to release him, and then we found out he'd been speaking to people about it anyway. What was he supposed to do? Wait yeah. until you said okay before he started a contract negotiation. It's fucking madness. Yeah, oh, so you expect a player who is realistically, what, 30 years old and has very few years left of his professional rugby career to sit there waiting for you to sort of say, yes, you, you, we're not going to need you next year before he starts looking for another job. It's like somebody, if you put somebody in consultation... Yeah, and then just go. But you're not allowed to look for a new job, by the way. You got to wait until we decided whether we actually. You are, are basically the human equivalent of London Welsh. <laughs> yeah, I think the reality of it is, it, is it, what's really got up his nose. I think is that the WIU have, of course, given him um, special dispensation to play for Wales again in the Six Nations. Yeah, why which is that controversial? But why is that controversial? People are going, "Oh, that's a bit funny." Why couldn't they do that for the World Cup? It's like because he hadn't signed a contract yeah, like, yeah. then. It's surprising. I'm surprised they've done it because, I mean, yeah. But he's saying this is his intention to come back to Wales, isn't he? I yeah. mean, obviously, if he said, so they... well, I'm go- I've signed a contract to come back in five years, they wouldn't give him dispensation <laughs> then, would they? Yeah, fair enough. I think the re- But he's basically said that, like, he asked the WIU and the regional rugby for the dispensation himself because Kel Surprise, you know, experienced world-class international player wants to play international rugby again when he hasn't been able to for two years. And he's probably got two or three um, years left on his, in his career. Yeah, and I think the reality is that... You know, is nobody long... knows how he's playing. No. Do they? I mean, everyone's going, well, no. that's great, you can select him now. I said, yeah, but I'm not being funny. I mean, I, you know, Gareth Davis, I know he's a bit thin Fit. between the ears and all that, but, yeah, you know, he's playing quite well. Thomas Williams looks to be really mature in this season. Um, yeah. I think the assumption that he's, I suppose, with all his experience, I suppose. But I, I think, think we've Reece generally Webb got no idea how he's playing. Yeah. Well, I think Reese Webb is a better scrum half in 2019 than Gareth Davis and Thomas Williams. But he's been out of the international game for 18 months and he's been in too long where he has had a shit time. Yes. And who's to say whether he can step back into international rugby? As, you know, as seamlessly as you might not even get picked, and I think that's the. It's sort of what it's revealed is something quite ugly about what Toulon thought they were getting out of Reese Webb, which is that there he's really pissed off 
that they're not going to have Reese Webb to cover in international windows. Mm. When? When Saran's not available. When Saran's not there, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's unbelievably unsurprising and unbelievably out of order that, you know, a rich club owner resents players, you know, playing test rugby as they are explicitly required to be allowed to do under world rugby regulations. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just the latest example of players being punished for that. And it's a load of bullshit. Reese Webb and Baptiste Saran, by the way, that's an odd couple for you. There's Not a couple exactly. of scrum. You know, yeah. Reese Webb flexing in a mirror, you know, getting his highlights <laughs> redone, listening to Europop. Yeah. Saran listening to Bell and Sebastian, wearing <laughs> tight t, you know, tight indie t-shirts. <laughs> and sketching in his notebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes I can just find out the inspiration comes from anywhere. <laughs> Were you drawing there, Bet? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the um so yeah, so that's that then. Yeah, weird. Finally, uh, uh, from a news mm. point of view, best wish. Well, that's finally for me. You might have another one, but best wishes, best wishes to Worcester's Fatia Lofa, obviously, who is having to go under yeah, a fucking neck injury, so a, a neck um, surgery. Sorry, after an injury, yeah. which is a, a reminder that fucking every we take the piss, right? We yeah. never forget that everybody who plays rugby at a professional level has done it far more than we ever have or will ever do. Absolutely. That's the number one. And number two, we I never forget, having played, that everybody who crosses the fucking whitewash and has a go at it is a fucking legend. Because it's dangerous out there. Absolutely. You it's are, a hard you know, fucking game. It really is. Never for, you should never forget that rugby is dangerous and rugby, you know, is a sport that requires a huge amount of physical sacrifice, particularly at the top level. Mm. And stuff like that is fucking... Stuff like this is fucking yeah. horrendous. But it does remind you that you know, these players are putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment and we should always be grateful for that. Indeed. However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of advice so you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at lifestylesports.com. From catching the bus for a family adventure, taking a tram to work, hopping in a taxi for your big night out, or simply relaxing on the train for your next shopping trip, Transport for Ireland is here to reconnect you with all you've missed and everything you want to do. Please do mask up. Use a TFI Leap card where possible respect each other and be patient so we can all travel safely reconnect with the transport for ireland network so that was a bad thing that happened at the weekend what else have we got that happened at the weekend josh shall we talk about the weekend what we learned things we picked up <laughs> um, what the weekend's yeah. all about you've already done how brilliant the ospreys are obviously but uh yeah um, leinster's ridiculous back row depth Shows no signs of getting any shallower at all. Um, Kaelin Doris has obviously been catching the eye all season, uh, thanks to the regular absences of Dan Levy and Josh van der Fleer and Jack Conan, three not shit players. Um, and Sean O'Brien having moved to London Irish again, not a shit player. Um, but it was Max Deegan's turn, um, to look like a test player in waiting uh, against Connacht on the weekend, it was just fucking everywhere, like. 
Ireland have all of a sudden got a lot of very good young number eights. Um, and yeah, he scored two tries. He was a just in what was an absolute battering where Leinster managed to somehow yes. they got the bonus point within what half an hour, twenty eight minutes, something like that. Yeah, it's. I mean, Connacht <laughs> were basically having to hawk people off the beach to play in that game. Such <laughs> such is such is their squad at the minute. But uh, but even so, it was still, there to be yeah. done, wasn't it? And they did it with ruthless efficiency. And yeah. Deegan was absolutely at the heart of everything. He's, he like he looks a player like pace, mm. power, support. His support lines were really nice, actually, particularly mm. for the first try. Um, Sounds like a seventies lovely... detective. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, he does. Um, it's just you, honestly, like oh, we've said it before, but how how are Leinster's academy producing so much talent and so consistently? It's like it's genuinely. There's no academy in world rugby that produces so many good players they as Lens at the moment. It's remarkable. It's easy to have a, to talk about the Irish, um, or it's it's well no not easy. It's lazy to constantly have a go at the Irish funding structures. I think because actually there's plenty of people got money, and don't yeah. do what they're doing, and what they're doing exactly, is fucking remarkable. It's applica- application of money in a remarkably good way. And in an yeah. astoundingly good But that's way. only part of it. In terms, if you looked at the kind of pie chart of what, you know, the lumps of things, yeah. the section of things that contribute towards this outcome, you know, having a bit of money's handy, but actually there's obviously mm. something significantly good in terms of identification, development, yeah, and all of that kind of but stuff. Probably, the Pro 14 helps, getting, I think, because you can... good people in there as well. The Pro 14, it's not an insult to say the Pro 14 helps. You can blood players a bit better and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Which is not having yeah, to go to the league. It's just get a more fact. of a sort of players get more of a gentle ramp up to the sort of full intensity of of having Champions said Cup, that, don't they? I don't watch people playing for Leinster who come through as an eighteen year old or whatever and think, "Oh, you get fucking marmalised if you were playing for Worcester this week." <laughs> do you know, I don't think you <laughs> no, don't get that. Exactly. Do you? you don't sit there and think, "Oh, well, you, of course you look all right in this fucking league." You look at someone like Max Deegan, you think, "Well, if he turned out for Bristol, yeah. he'd look fucking fine," you know. <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely would, and he'd be a, a monster. And that's the thing, I think. It's not so much that they've got so much, because, you know, all clubs, provinces, regions, whatever, have got their crop of, you know, very talented, very promising players. What Leinster seem to do better than anybody else is they drop them into the starting lineup, and they look like, you know, they've got 100 games under their belt before they've even... There is something about the culture and the preparation there, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to know what kind of, like, possibles versus probables matches look like, because they must be fucking epic, (laughs) judging by what it ends up looking like when they finally turn up and play. So, yes, impressive. In sort of that Ronan O'Gara article this week about um, that, you know, without wishing to sort of go back there, totally agreed with pretty much everything I said last week. Um, about Irish players needing to be playing in these big Pro 14 derbies, as in the senior Irish players. Let's not go there again, um, but yeah. Let's not go there again, absolutely not. But I did think it was, you know, his 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 whole thing was, you know, the way you find out if you're any good is you fucking smash the bloke opposite you who's also competing for your position. I think because it ends up the quite... Well, you know, never smashed anybody opposite him, ever. <laughs> but, I say, but I take his point, yeah. Yeah. You know, you play, you you play, you know, your direct rival, and I think there is some, maybe you know, an, an, an intentional benefit, or maybe an intentional benefit to the fact that you know, 
you get these quite a few derbies in a season where you're not playing the full fucking senior and you know mm. squad you get in the Champions Cup means that you know these younger players get a taste of proper fucking testy tasty derby rugby and it helps them in that sort of elevation to the next you know maybe there's some some added benefits in all that who knows but before you even get to that one thing that is clear is their pipeline's fucking remarkable unbelievable and actually it's easy to find i think a lot of places have raw talent i don't believe that leinster in particular has more raw talent <laughs> no, than any I, other it, area yeah. of a country but it's um, the way they're cultivating it they're obviously doing some remarkably well with it a bit like saracens um mm. uh, right what have i got here wasps is too small a club to be a big force, but it is too mm-hmm. large to be an insane asylum. <laughs> Which it looks like it slowly is becoming. Because I don't understand yeah, it yeah. anymore. Honestly, I I truly don't. I, I just don't. I, yeah. what, what is Wasps? I mean, we should look at the other eye. What is Saints, I suppose, to have the grit to come back mm. and 13 men, etc., etc. But um, yeah. yeah. It's worrying. That Wasp squad is entirely too good. As we've said, yeah. To have any business being as fucking hat-stand as they are. And, you know. What a game, though. Absolutely batshit. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's... It's, you know, Stuart Barnes was talking shit when he's... No. You know, yeah, well, I know you shocked me. Um... He said in his, his Times column this week that uh, signing Lima Sopoaga to replace uh, Cipriani was a, a clumsy mistake on Dai Young's part. Um, and he described him as <laughs> a burly South Islander with a few all, blacks ca- all black caps and an entirely different way of playing to Cipriani, which, I mean... Clearly, Stuart never, ever, ever watched Lima Sopoaga play in Super Rugby or for the All Blacks. But um, I think that that's the level that Wasps have got to now, where they're just an easy target for fucking chances like Barnes to just go, oh, why have they signed that useless Kiwi or whatever? When it's No, they're all really fucking good players. Like Wasps recruitment. If, if you were to write it on a bit of paper a couple of years ago and say in two years' time Wasps will have this team, You'd have gone, well, that looks like a fucking good team. They should be contending for the Premiership. No, no, you would have been saying, I mean, that player, he's just, you know, he's he's just a burly South Islander with a, with a few handful of caps. You wouldn't want him in the team. That's exactly what you were saying. All black this caps, is definitely not just like, some kind of ridiculous yeah. revisionist hindsight bollocks, is it? No. No. <laughs> I mean, we don't understand why he's not working out well, but that ain't it. Yeah. That's not the reason. Like, that's the thing. There are many, there, I'm sure there are many, many, many reasons why things at Wasps are mental. But I don't honestly don't think you could look at their recruitment and say it's because you didn't keep Danny Cipriani and that's it. Like I I know he's a cause celebre in, in, in a lot of English rugby writing circles, but fuck me guys, give it a rest. Still, Danny Cipriani is very good mind, isn't he? He is apart from when he tries to do a very simple kick from just left of the post and shanked it and fucking pulled it so far left. The entire crowd, they didn't even, they didn't even, they, didn't, they kind of went, huh? Uh. <laughs> yeah. so what expect you, you don't even laugh anyway yeah so wasp man yeah but again wasp. credit to northampton yeah it's and yeah the, i thought you know it helps when you can 
bring on a fucking massive bloke off the bench and sit him on the wing and just go, just run at people and just keep running at people until eventually you get over the line, which was effectively what they did for that winning try. It was just, just give it to Naya Roro. Just give it to Naya Roro. Just get, oh, there he is. He's over, kid. If you look at that team that started theirs, and by the way, Dan Bigger played well again. Um, yeah, he did. You look at the team that started, which has got like a mixture of old, say, like Dave Ribbons, who's still there. He always has a, like he has like yeah, one amazing guy. game in twenty. <laughs> he just suddenly pops up, uh, and he's pretty solid the rest of the time. Tom Wood's still there, obviously. Tamana Harrison. Um, but you look at that bench. It's you know, it's not a fucking bad bench, is it? No. For what they're well, trying to do, that's... you know, Sam Matavesi, Ivoro, Ludlam, Ratina Oara. It's, it's yeah. It's it's kind of. And you and then you compare it to the Wasps team, which is very good and very fun. We just think, well, yeah, of course you're gonna you're, you know, you've basically done what you've always done, which is spend loads of money on your backline and back row, and everything else is a bit shit. Well, it's it's, like, it's slightly underpowered, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just fancy. It's you know, they've got no you know, Marcus Watson and. The other winger on the other side are, are fine enough, but they're lightweight. Minotti is glorious and wonderful, but again, lightweight. very lightweight. <laughs> Fekito is a big lad, but neither Umaga or Robson seem particularly massive. Carr is undersized for a number eight. Michael Le Bourgeois is a character from a John Le Carre novel, so <laughs> don't know what he's doing there. That's I still actually reason. quite like him. but uh... I, li- I like him. He's, he's an absolutely... He's one of those players that we often talk about who will never, ever play international rugby. Oh, no. It's very good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah, you, look, you go to that team and you go, you're all good players, but I look at that team and I just think, who's like, who's the Dan Bigger on that team? Who's the Cobus Reinach on that team? Who's the Courtney Laws on that team? Mm. You know, who's fucking... Who's Tom Wood on that team? You know, <laughs> yes. who's who's yeah. the niggle in yeah. that team? Who's got who's a mullet and teeth veneers on that team? <laughs> who's actually going to like? I mean, he really has got. I've just realised he's got veneers. <laughs> that explains everything. Um, who on that wasps team is really a demanding excellence from everyone around them, and b is up for a bit of niggle. And I just look at that. And I just, I don't see it. It's a similar thing that the problem that I think, and I look at Bristol, and I just think you got a lot of good players now, but I don't know who's mm. who's driving the standards anymore. And I think it's a big problem. What else have you got for the weekend? Um, I mean, this might as well be just called my broken record week. <laughs> but um, Eddie Jones, uh. Attempting to get Louis Rees Samet to commit to England. Uh, so the story is he's phoned him, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, him and uh, and Hill from the RFU have both been on the blower to him trying to get him to, to commit to England, which is unsurprising, um, but also proof positive that everything that I've been moaning about for the last couple of months about English Academy's poaching talent from elsewhere uh, being problematic is, you know, I don't blame Eddie Jones for tapping up Bree Samick because he's a good player. And the trouble is this kind of behaviour will lead to an area that we don't want where basically players that young will start to get representatives and say you have yeah. to speak to him or her. Yeah. 
and no, you're not speaking to me because of this kind of stuff, and it's not healthy. Yeah, because well, actually, I mean, what you he's obviously I like he's got a bit of chopsy about him, and he mm. from Reese Sammy. I like that. You know, his Twitter, yeah. you know, stuff. He's he's got a bit of chops. He's a chopsy type. However, he is still an 18 year old lad. Exactly. And when Eddie Jones rings you, yeah, you are gonna, you know, I take the piss as much as I like. If my mobile phone rang now and it was Eddie Jones, I might, I'd be a little bit starstruck. <laughs> yeah, you'd you be know? a little giddy. I would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'd probably be insulting me and why, but you know what I mean. But the point is, you would, yeah. wouldn't you? So imagine if you're 18. It's just you know not fair, it, don't think. It's not fair. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? You know when in like Amer- the American college athletics system. Hmm. Where they have, you know, they 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 put a big focus on sort of recruiting and basically trying to, you know, recruiting is one big competition for American colleges. Yes, and they're all trying to land the biggest recruits by. And there's all kinds know, of rules, but they're trying to get round. Yeah, and, and, and there's like all that. sorts of fucking shady shit that goes on, and you know, behind hmm. it, you know, and it and you know, it, you get you know coaches turning up in helicopters on you know players' fields and say you know coming and having personal meetings with these players that they want to sign and you know it's remember yeah this kid's eighteen it's worth remembering you know these are kids they can be swayed by this stuff and by the you know the presence of you know respected authoritative see you know hmm. blokes who've been there and done it and of you know legends of the game and like you know. <laughs> It just, like you say, it it feels a bit weird, and it demonstrates. You're an eighteen-year-old to say no to Eddie Jones. Yes, which I, I don't think, think is on. No, I don't think it, and I think that it's whoever it might it, be. It, it flies, yeah, and it's not just Eddie Jones. It's you know, it, it it could be whoever's in charge of France or South Africa or New Zealand or Australia. Maybe forces somebody to say no to a combination of Fabian Galtier and Sean Edwards coming around your house. You'll fancy that, would you? Absolutely nobody is saying no to that. There's no getting away from it. And it, yeah, it does feel a little bit like it feels slightly exploitative of what are you know they put in a lot of pressure and a lot of undue pressure. I think on players that are basically they you know they're at a very make or break stage in their career at that point. You know, players should be allowed to represent what whatever country they want, whenever they want. Like, test rugby shouldn't count against a player or be used to put pressure on them in, but I think in their Especially early career, an 18-year-old who said, this is way. where I'm from. I think yeah. this is particularly heinous, really, because he said, this is where I'm from. And he's a, he's, I know he's not. He's 18, but he's still a kid in many ways. He is. And then you've got somebody saying, are you, sure you're really, are you sure you're really Welsh? Why don't you come and play for me? It's like, fuck off. That's just... <laughs> and if it was yeah. the way around, it was an 18-year-old English lad who was, you know... Yeah, yeah, was playing exactly. for fun. Like, if they'd done it to Sam Underhill when he was 18, mm. at Os- if he was at Osprey, and he said, are you sure you yeah. don't want to be Welsh? And he's, well, if, he, if he'd, he publicly stated he was English, that would be out yeah. of order as well. Imagine Warren Gatlin yeah. phoning you when you're 18. Fucking yeah. hell. Say no to Warren Gatlin, why don't you? <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. It's and like, Sean what? Edwards. You can say no to Rob Howley. He's always be, there. Be easy He's always there. <laughs> you can say no to Rob Howley, though, couldn't you? Yeah, I tell you what, Gatland, when I met Gatland, he was a lot shorter than I was expecting. Because you know, he's, you he's a hooker it. in the classic mold, though, isn't he? He is a massive. Like I'm, I'm a good foot. So you know, I'm not a foot taller than him, but he I'm can't a good be five foot one. Come on, no, I'm not five foot. But he's, you know, he's probably about five seven, something like that, five eight. Hooker's I'm a word, good. Though, sort of... When you see all these team sheets from the late yeah. from the from the eighties, there's only about two people over six foot one. There's this view that they we were all monsters, and you had some still, monsters back then, but... He still had a presence about oh, him. Oh, But I just found it very funny that I was sort of like, 
quite substantially taller than Warren Gatland. It was just, I found it weird. Anyway, but um, yeah, like, it sort of has all of this sort of unnecessary and unintentional consequences of all this stuff. So you put in pressure on a player, you know, Gloucester ultimately would prefer Resamit to play for England. Because yes. A, they'll get money for it. Yeah. And B, it means that they're going to hang on to him long term because he'll go back to Wales in whatever well, his next contract. contract so. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a whole part of it as well. And all of these things are combining to put pressure on young players that are not, you know, English to make themselves English. And it's not like. You know my answer, Josh. Else. You know my answer. One thing football gets right no residency between home nations. You can't switch. Yeah, I completely agree. But it's not just happening in England. You know, it's happening, you know, France, the French academies are merrily stocking themselves with as many Polynesian lads as they can get hold of, as the current makeup of the French squad has demonstrated. You know, it's it's not just an England problem. It's a, a world rugby problem. And, you know, it creates all these unintended... Wales now will feel pressure to pick him in the Six Nations, right? Mm. Because they know if they don't... You know, Eddie mm. Jones might well call him up for a summer tour or something. And then if he has and a bad game, exactly, he gets you know he gets dropped into Test rugby. He potentially has a rough time, and it could ruin him as a player. Mm. You know, <laughs> and all of that is because of this bollocks fucking cat and mouse shit going on between international coaches trying to poach players for their teams. And I understand they're doing it because they want to have the strongest. Well, everybody would do the same, wouldn't they? But yeah, it's, absolutely. It's something about you look at the system you created. Yeah, this is yeah. Let players be players and let them develop, and then let them decide if they don't want to sort of if they want to switch their international allegiance to a different country. Like maybe World Rugby should like tweak eligibility laws for under twenty one players. Where at the moment, as soon as you start representing a you know you sign for a club, the clock starts on your Mm. eligibility. So you know, a fifteen sixteen year old kid can sign for. Uh, you know, Bristol or Gloucester. Yeah, or the other way around, yeah. Or the other way around, you know, I'm just saying what happens. And then by the time they're 18 and making their debut, they're already qualified on residency ground. Like, how about instead of that, you know, you, if you go to an academy that's different from your country of residency and you're not qualified for them by birth, you don't start earning that residency until you make your senior debut. Mm. (laughs) Then... That gives three years for a player to basically grow and learn his trade without this bullshit fucking tug-of-war nonsense. And if you're good enough to get called up in that time by the country that you're eligible for by birth or any other qualification, yeah, then you can do that if you want. Yeah, But they aren't under any pressure for you to call you up at that point because you know, you're not going anywhere. And then if at the end of those three years... You know, you decide that you're committed to the country that your new club is in, then you can sort of say, "Yeah, I want to go and play for you." Or even, you know, if you're already committed to them, when you know you just you can say to the country of your birth or whatever other country that's called you up, "No thanks, I'm earning my time." Then you can demonstrate your commitment to your new country like any other project player. Like it seems so simple. Whatever the answer is, we know that something needs to be done. I think we'll leave it at that. So, yeah. Um, anyway, we can, I'm. I've been, I'm, bec- I'm increasingly completely fascinated by Sean Holly's commentating voice. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's, it's remarkable. It's not normal voice, is it? Sean, the thing I find I'm Sean Holly. I'm on the commentating. I'm going to go round the, round this side, down the left. 
da, 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 da. It's, it's unbelievable. Does he do that in real life? And he gets Excuse me, can you so tell me where the LED excited. bulbs are? I need to change my bulbs. so excited, like so excited. About it's it's like, like enormously lilting. I'd love to see his voice on a Hertz graph. Because <laughs> the hurt the, the the it must like the, the, the waveform of it must be unbelievable. Yeah, absolute mess. Can you imagine trying to compress his voice. It's <laughs> yes. impossible. And it's not even it isn't the volume, it's the pitch. It just no, it's it goes it's all pitch. over the place. It's all over the place. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by it because it is. And he, when he used to do those little sections on Scrum Five as well, the kind of coachy bits, he'd do exactly the same mm-hmm. with that as well. He then comes it's the always, third runner, does it, broad. and he doesn't quite want to do it there, and that's why he doesn't want to go there again. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like he's sort of done a sort of broadcast training course from the 1970s <laughs> yes it is very funny very funny indeed yeah. anyway yeah so i'm fascinated by it and i can't stop it and that was in the ospreys game i was i was, he was, was doing his best to pick the bones out of that thing luke price for the ospreys right C- can you explain luke price to me uh he's the slowest fly off both <laughs> of thought and deed that i've ever seen play multiple games at the top level and he looks like, like- the front man in Swansea's third best Radiohead tribute act is my conclusion. <laughs> he's, he's a man that looks at least 30 years older than he is. Him and but Roger Williams don't have the hair of, 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 of professional no. athletes of this no. era, do they? No, it is you, like, they really don't. But I'm, I'm I honest, mean, right? I've got to, I haven't seen Luke Price that much. There's only so much rugby I can watch. And when I watched it, I was like, Jesus Christ almighty. And afterwards, no wonder Halloween Jones is fuming. Yeah. Like, no offence, Luke, him... but you are the biggest fucking piece of paper we have over the biggest fucking crack that we've got, <laughs> by the way. Watching him apply the handbrake to a back line is honestly <laughs> the most depressing part of my life at the moment because he's proved time and time again he's not good enough for rugby at this level. Like He's, he's really not, is he? No. He's spectacular. Like, that's thick and incredibly... But, like, both stupid and badly executed decision to try and kick over outside the 22 that ultimately took the Ospreys from chasing the penalty that they needed to win the game and in, were in quite a good position to get it to losing thanks to a genuinely comedy series of things that should never have happened was well, it's was... just the latest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was pure Ospreys this season. It was absolute slapstick farce, but like it was just the latest in a long series of game ruining bad choices that he made. And to be honest with you, he's a big part of why the season from hell continues to be <laughs> hellish. God bless him. Uh, yeah. Indeed. So yeah, that that was me. That Osprey stroke Sean Holly. Anything else? No, I think I'm done. Well, I've got a couple. Uh, full strength Ulster mm-hmm. against full strength Munster on Friday. Yeah. Ulster very much lived up to your monitor uh, moniker of calling them the package this year, didn't it? Because woof. And speaking of the I opposite mean, end of the woof scale, which is oof, fucking mon- <laughs> Munster's first up tackling, oof, oof, awful. Yeah, God love them. What the hell was going on there? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, hell of a result I mean, for I, them. Yeah, an amazing result for them. And I mean, it's not. That's the. It's an amazing result, but it's entirely unamazing. 
if that makes any sense. Mm. Because it's it does yeah, to me, but explain know. to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ulster absolutely shouldn't. It shouldn't surprise us that they're very good with the depth of squad and quality that they've got at the moment. But it's still quite something to it see. It's surprising that they won. It does yeah. surprise me the nature of it. How they won. And maybe exactly. Munster's had yeah. an off night because when you're falling off tackles, there's fuck all else you can. You know, what are you yeah, supposed yeah, to do? Yeah. But um, yeah. But it felt it, it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go so far as to say it felt like a a changing of the guard. But it it definitely did feel like a bit of a moment in the season where, yeah, you know, you look at at the sort of fortunes of both teams, and you know, Munster confirmed after the game that that Carberry's going to you know be out of action for the immediate future. After needing wrist surgery. Gary Carberry, they call me Mr. Glass. <laughs> Honestly, that guy cannot fucking... Can't catch a break. Can't, well, can't he can, but not... Yeah. Literally, he can. <laughs> catch a broken wrist is yeah. what he can catch. Um, yeah, and, and you know, you, Oster uh, uh, seem to be trending up in the most positive way. And, you know, they've got some really, really fucking good players there now. And some really hard players. And some good experience there who were actually yeah, really yeah, just yeah. carrying that experience incredibly well. And probably, well, Cooney might be, but a lot of them aren't going to be that missing for international winners either. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that, that, that can really, because, you know, the Pro 14 is going to have loads of fucking, you know, they're going to have to play loads of games during Six Nations this year. And... Yeah, not a lot of those players are, you know, as you say, aside from Cooney and Stockdale. Ian and, Anderson. And Ian Anderson, you know. I mean, I think Stuart McCloskey should absolutely be involved in that yes. island squad one way or another because he's been fucking brilliant this season. Billy Burns but... was invited to the season stock take, though, but rumour has he, was, he didn't yeah. count enough socks in his allocated time. Therefore, he might no, not be coming up again. If he was just dicking around with a price gun. and Yeah, yeah. not taking it seriously at all. And Andy <laughs> Farrell doesn't like that. This was a test of your attitude. No. Yeah. Right? Anyone... If you can't count socks, right, you won't be in the squad. <laughs> right? You look at um, at the that Munster team and you think, you know, no, very few teams are going to put 38 points on a Munster team that's got... Peter Omani, Arno both uh, Connor Murray, Joey Carberry, Keith Hills, Rory Scannell, Sam Arnold, yeah. on Andrew Conway, and Niall Scannell in it. You know, mm. like that's it's not full strength, but it's you know with Dave Kilcoyne and John Ryan on the bench, it's new prop for Munster by the way. Keenan Knox has got a magnificent porn star name. <laughs> Keenan Knox is a porn star name all day long. Absolutely, it is. He doesn't look like a porn star. No, I'll be honest. Unless with it's you. very niche. <laughs> yeah, be a very so niche category on shit. a website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Someone's probably into it. Um, <laughs> if the internet sort yeah, everything, it's... anything at all, it's that someone's probably into everything <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Do anything to anything. Yeah. Moving on. Um, moving on. Yeah. I think uh, we're into shit good now, are we? I think we desperately Please need God, to get into move shit. us away from this. Yeah, I'm sorry yes. I went there. Um, <laughs> shit, what have you got? Um, Joe Marler. Joe, we were all rooting for you. Don't 
Don't Remind me what he's done. Somebody tweeted face. me about this, and I can't remember what it is. He stuck his elbow in someone's face for no apparent reason and got sent off. Oh, right. Yeah, of course it's he did. Like, Sorry, what, I was getting what, myself... What the nice horse you think of that, eh? Yeah. You know, it's like... True colours, though, see? He'll be back to doing <laughs> racial slurs by next week. <laughs> uh, it was, like... Honestly, Harlequin's pack this season is bad enough. And somehow, bafflingly bad enough, because they've got loads of very good players, and yet somehow they're still terrible. <laughs> But the last thing Quinn's need is for their most reliable prop to go and get himself fucking binned for just doing something really silly. And even, you know, even Gustard was just kind of like, that's what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. It was, yeah, it was just one of those bizarre rush of blood to the head moments, I think. But uh, I mean, it's certainly better at home, aren't they? But they're not not that much better. At home. No, although, you know, he, I think they, they managed to get through that period without actually conceding, but then just shat the bed elsewhere, which, you know, can happen if you yeah. tie yourself out defending it. Now, so. Uh Let's find out. I think they are. I should know this. No, they're in fourth. What am I on about? Saints are in second. Of course they are. Yeah, they Gloucester in third. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. They've overhauled Bristol, who are sinking like a stone. Um, yeah, you know. But it's been a yeah. weird season. You know, played eight and won four, lost four, will get you into the playoffs. It was similar last season, stage. you remember? Yeah. The points totals, apart from the top two, were a shambles. Yeah. An absolute shambles. <laughs> uh, what else? Shit, if Phil Roberts gets in touch. He said, shit, is Saracen still being able to field a team akin to something out of fucking Space Jam? <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not for true, much longer, though. Just went wow. to the car boot sale. Went to the big fucking Barnet car boot sale in a few weeks. I tell you what, though, that was that was a paddling. That, that was, that's a paddling, yeah. That's that was yes, an absolute tonking of the highest <laughs> order. Yeah, I sort of was. I, I sort of flicked over from the Ospreys game quite dejected, and then saw the what Saracens were doing to Worcester, and just sort of went, "Ooh, ooh." <laughs> I was flicking between Gloucester Bath and the Ospreys game. Mm. With like morbid fascination for different reasons each time I turned <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, yeah, still at least uh, you know the Ospreys don't have to play Saracens. Oh wait, they do. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the considerably better team? Considerably <laughs> yeah. better team than the Ospreys at the moment. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Don't have Tom York's grinder date on the uh, in the ten <laughs> shirts, basically. Yeah. Um, Ross, I've got here that shit. Dave McGee gets in touch. He says, shit, some players were still carrying their Movembers in January. He said, I'm not naming oh, names, but Henry Pergos looks shit. <laughs> Love that, Dave. <laughs> I'm not naming names. I see you, Pergos. Yeah. That's the Alan Wynn sco- Jones school of not naming names, but whoever's in charge of the recruitment, Dan Griffiths, um, is shit. Ross, <laughs> uh, we've got here. T-Bor gets in touch. He said, shit, is Premiership scrum half hair? Oh, I'm liking this. Mickey Young looks like a biscuit. Chudley, egg in the nest. <laughs> Josh is gone. <laughs> Chudley, egg in the nest. Care, wispy yep. comb over. Hines should wear a hat. And at least Robson saw the light and got the clippers out. Hines looks like Andre Agassi. I finally figured it out this weekend. It took me ages. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm fully in. Have, have wasps have Gloucester gone for a full 
chrome dome scrum off pairing. They have, they have yeah, because yeah, yeah. The future's yeah. bright, literally. It's like the floodlights bounce <laughs> off their head. Yeah, um, they're gonna have to do like American, you know, American football players hey, with eye black. These are cheap player. jokes, but I'm not above them. Absolutely not. The reason when I on the on the Twitter when I superimpose a KFC bargain bucket on on Bastero's signing picture for New York United instead <laughs> of his shirt. And somebody said, surely yeah. you're above fat shaming somebody. I said, well, evidently not, because I've just done it. So. <laughs> uh, <sighs> it's we... funny because he's a better athlete than any of us will ever be. Yes, that's the funny thing. Again, he's yeah. played numerous ta- more times for in his international, international rugby than I have. So therefore, I think he can handle it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, what have we got anymore? Paul gets in touch. He says, shit, is Paul Gustav's metamorphosis into David Brent, resulting in Quinns playing like they were actually coached by Ricky Gervais ahead of the sale game on Friday night. They might be a bit nasty if they were coached by Ricky Gervais. Yeah. <laughs> Do they make more unnecessary jokes about trans people? Yeah. Imagine the amount of gypsy jokes, the amount of gypsy slurs they'd be rolling out them if, if Gervais was in charge. <laughs> um, uh, have you got any more shit before I keep going on the, uh, on the, on the um, tweeter? Uh, Pro 14 refereeing, I mean, standard, but particularly... Well, I know, like, I know, I know what you're Leon referring Brown's to, because to say you were enjoyable. a little bit fed up, but yeah, go on. Yeah, you know, undeniably enjoyable, but Elliot D was at least two feet behind him when the ball was thrown, and it was <laughs> the most obvious... Even, even Eddie Butler, as he was going over, was like, well, that looks forward, and they didn't... doesn't even get a proper TMO check. And it's still like, how is this still see, happening? In the Pro 14? I don't it, like TMO checks before passes because it stops referees doing their job. However, if you're not going to do the job, at least do the TMO. At least do, at least do the TMO. <laughs> you can't part. not do both. You, go, I you can't not do attention. your job, Sorry, then, do the t- then not do the I was TMO either. Two foot away, and I didn't notice. Yeah. And it, it's, it's smart in a game that was decided by one score. I'll put it that way. But yes. I've got no complaints. We were shit. And, you know, let's be honest, that thing that lost you the game which should have been soundtrack by the Benny Hill music and lots of zings and boings was I laughed. <laughs> I genuinely laughed when they scored. Because it was just like, well obviously this is how we lose. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, Scott Mackay gets in touch. He says shit is the Ospreys management approach to open honesty and openness. He said, but good is Alan Wynn Jones's approach to honesty and openness. Yes. <laughs> it was the way he just so matter of factly st- I'm not gonna go back, we've talked about it a lot, but the last point. It's the way you just so matter-of-factly started saying it. It's not even like, oh, I've yeah. been revving up to this. I'm just going to start saying it now. Yeah. yeah. He's like, right, I've been waiting for this question. Right, I yeah. suppose I'll give you it then. Cleased Colt Chief gets in touch and says, shit is Farrell's shoulder to the neck and head again. Max yeah. Trail also said, shit is Owen Farrell. He's a dirty player, drop shoulder going into tackle, not even looking what he's doing. He's going to get someone badly hurt. I think that's the thing, isn't it? And, you know, when you've got that injury this weekend, then, you know, it's a dangerous yeah, game, rugby. You can get injured doing anything. But actually, it's not on that you haven't addressed that flinging your shoulder in like that, generally speaking. No, and it's not It's not really, you know, it's, you know, it's a fucking meme now. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking, that's how bad it is. It's a meme, you know, yeah. But, like, it's, you know, also a, a wider symptom of how refs basically seem to just totally roll back on the like high tackle guidelines that were implemented at the Rugby World Cup. You I know, saw a few at the weekend, though. It's still it's it's less consistent than it was, isn't it? They're not all rolled yeah, back. Seems, yeah, you, seems you to can be predict it quite easy. You can watch something and go, "Oh, that's going to get called." Now you're like, "Oh, oh, it's not." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some like, are, and some aren't. You know, as you say, the fatty loaf thing 
is an example of why this thing, this sort of shit is serious. Rugby is a dangerous game, and we need to make it less dangerous. And sort of ignoring this sort of stuff, or saying let the boys play, or just anything, you know, saying oh he's not a dirty player. It doesn't matter. It was a reckless thing to do. Yes, and he's done it quite a lot, and it's probably you know past time that he should have learned his lesson now. What else we got here? Ian Alexander says, shit is ex-players like Jiffy and Mark Ring chatting shit about the state of play. Latest being that 12-13 should be interchangeable position that plays these days have no flair. You know... I love that shit. I expect it from Mark Ring because he's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's absolutely fucking unspooled. And yeah, that's fair Mark enough. Ring, Mark Ring on the reg is worth a follower on Twitter. Because oh, he yeah. will, on, on the reg, come up with an insane fucking idea. The nicest rugby. way I can put it is he thinks outside the box. Yes. That's the nicest way I can put it. Jiffy, <laughs> though, box. should know better than this because actually he's still a very close student of the game, apparently, and watches both codes of rugby, actually. So must know that defence just didn't exist back then. Well, I thought it was really interesting that... Um... <laughs> That Andrew Coombs basically, you know, subtweeted it yeah. and was like, players today don't know fuck all about anything. You know, players, the players of yesterday that generation yes. don't know anything. Oh, yeah, I they're... did see that. <laughs> and didn't then Jason Tovey say something like, it drives me, he says, you know, it's a fucking joke. Jason Tovey responded with <laughs> <laughs> I think even Jiffy, like, Jiffy basically sort of tried to, like, walk it back and was, like, sort of acting as if he agreed. But, I mean, he mm. didn't, let's be honest. He was, it's actually embarrassing, was, was what Tuffy said. Was it that what yeah, he said? Retired, Andrew Coombe says, retired players from decades ago banging on about no skill or flair left in the game. Defensive policies actually exist now. Analysis is so great the teams know what the opposition are going to strike with. Would love to see some of the old boys in today's game. And then Tubbs responds with, it's actually embarrassing. <laughs> see, Which... I think Mark Ring was so fucking talented. He would do fine in today's game, but he wouldn't be the player that he was back then. Yeah. You know, he would no, be a different player. He'd be a fucking good be player different. because he was really fucking good. Nobody's taking that away from him. But he wouldn't be doing what he did back then. Because and he'd have somebody the... in his fucking grill as the ball was touching his fingers, basically. Exactly. Oh yeah, that was it. Jiffy respond like quote tweeted Coombs saying, and which made no sense whatsoever. He quote tweeted what Coombs said about you know analysis, blah blah blah, and then he said that's why game management is so important. I mean, you've answered a totally different. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, literally makes no sense. Did you copy Um, the wrong tweet, Jonathan? Be honest. I think he might have. It was about the it was about the Pro Fourteen viewers. But it's it's. Bonkers, you know, that this stuff still goes on. Like, you yeah. only have to watch rugby from so, the 90s and heard, look at how much sorry, room I just out what he's just fucking said. That's driving me even more mad. So it's not about flair then. You've just exactly yeah, said that it's about game management. What he said. Or is so it what, game management? Is it a very flair-based so- game management? It's about flamboyant game management. Like fucking RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> on that, on that, we'll... <laughs> so, yeah. What else we got? I should make the point. I know we do get some new listeners now. I've had a couple of people messaging me saying they've only just started listening. 
the shit good oh. ratings. I'm, I'm sorry to call this for everybody who knows what they are. This is something that's been in, around for ages. Basically, something's either shit or it's good, and there is no in between. Hence, these Absolutely. judgments seem quite harsh sometimes. But apply it to your whole life. It's a way to conduct your life. So it's either shit or it's good. Cut shit things out of your life. That's what I say. That's Great. the end of shit, unless you've got anything else. Uh, no. On to good. My good yeah. is Jake Paledri. My good is and also Jake fucking Paledri. monstrous juggernaut carrying. I mean, honestly, he's more... I'm not sure if he's a better player, but he's more fun than Sergio Parise ever was. Because... Sergio was an incredible all-round player. and He's not a better prime. player than Sergio Parise was. No, no, he's absolutely not. He's better at carrying the ball he, with eight people hanging off him than Sergio Parise. He's more fun than Sergio was. He, I, I, get more, I make more involuntary noises when Jake Fledry's got the ball than I ever did with Sergio. And it's not even like he... Because he's not that big. No, he's not. He's six foot two, and I think he's somewhere between 16 and 17 stone. He's not small, but he's not that big. He's mm-hmm. kind of Hamish Watson dimensions, maybe taller, but weight-wise, he's kind of yeah. Hamish and maybe a bit heavier, but you know, not huge. Watson gets away with it by being awkward, doesn't he? Mm. And, and and kind of throw. Whereas Fledry just carries dead ball. straight, yeah, stronger than anything <laughs> you've true. ever seen. Yeah, he's outstanding. Yeah. Oh, hello! Breaking news. Oh. Um, Saracens chairman Edward Griffiths has resigned. Uh, leading a, sc- a scoping exercise as the first step to make the club whiter than white, which, I mean, I don't know what, what a I scoping mean. exercise is, but he's basically saying... I need to understand the full scope of our shithousing before I can actually get it sorted. <laughs> um, it's too early to say what we'll do, but anybody running a business or anybody running an organisation for whatever reason needs to reduce the salary bill has two fundamental choices. One would be to reduce the head count, the other would be for people to take a pay cut. Now, I'm not saying either or both are necessary. <clears throat> yes, you are. Um, but I love this. He knows exactly a, what he's going to do. combination of the two. Basically, so everything that we said earlier, yes, there are some yeah. some changes. And he also clearly, on air. clearly knows exactly what he's going to do. It's just that Absolutely. he can't say that until he's got to have some pretense of doing something. Mm-hmm. We want but, to try and draw a line under this as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Everything must go. <laughs> uh, um, what have you got that's good? Uh, Lee Halfpenny, right? Yes. On the quiet, right? He is like trans- slowly, like quietly transforming himself as a player in that he's doing the attacking thing again <laughs> after years of sort of not really bothering. There was a moment it's where Brad he Muar's of... gentle, flat-capped cajoling of the player inside out of him, isn't it? It is. It's great. Like he, you know, more after the game, uh, or actually before the game, basically said that like he was the most professional player that he'd ever worked with, with the exception of Owen Franks. Or he was on the par with Owen Franks, who's the most professional and dedicated player he'd ever worked with. And like there was a moment, the Scarlets had a scrum in their sort of just outside their 22 on Friday night. And half there was a, obviously a planned move where Halfpenny took the ball at first receiver from the scrum off. And he, A, it was a clever play, but it was also clever, like really like strange to see because Halfpenny basically took the ball, hit the gas and just shot up the field about 40 metres like a rocket with genuine pace and genuine acceleration. And it's like, oh yeah, you forget that when Lee Halfpenny's allowed... 
a bit of open pasture in front of him. He's shit off a shovel quick still. Mm. And I just think he's he's in he's having a bit of an Indian summer. You know, he's getting on a bit. The Scarlets want to keep him next season, but I don't know if he'll stick around. But whoever is playing him next season is going to get a seriously good player, and Wales shouldn't forget about him either. Yeah, I don't think they would have done either. No. Say who is quick, who is um, Ollie Thorley, man. I know everyone knows that, but sometimes you have to be reminded because he's massive. And when yeah. he starts motoring, it's like fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> I do. There's, there's something glorious about really big men being really fast. Yeah. It's just it's things that defy physics and reason. Leslie Vinicolo, right, who became a running joke yeah. in the Union, right? I went to watch New Zealand versus Wales in the 19... No, 2003 Rugby League World Cup at the Millennium Stadium. There was about 18 people there. Uh, Bonnie Tyler did the uh, right. pre-game in, uh, stuff in a purple suit, I remember. Massive blonde there, <laughs> obviously. Anyway, the point was is that I was sat on the touchline and Vinicolo was kind of very close to me and... When he got the ball and started moving, he was in the short air period and stuff then. It was yeah. terrifying because from a standing <laughs> start, he went woof. It wasn't like a rolling up because he kind of he put weight up by the time he came to Union and slowed down a bit. Mm. But then he was that kind of athlete's dap. And yeah. God, the speed of him and the size of him, it's like fucking hell, not interested in getting in front of that at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and it's a bit like that. Yeah, it's like I say, it's yeah. incredibly impressive when you see it. What else have we got that's good here? Reese Knott gets in touch. He says, good is relegation. Anyone from, as in the relegation battle, I think you mean, yeah. Anyone from 5th to 12th could be in trouble if they lose two in a row. It's far more entertaining than the one-horse race for first. I change my mind about who's terrible every week, although increasingly it is Wasps. Quite right. I, think, I don't think Wasps are terrible. I think Wasps are just insane, as you said. <laughs> like, they just... <laughs> It's, yeah, they're not. They're not. They're too good to be bad, but they are bad. So, Adam Cooper yeah. gets in touch. He says, "Good is Exeter trolling the rest of the Premiership by donating their share of the Saracens' fine to charity." I mean, that is yeah, properly. Yeah, we haven't talked about that, have they? That's it, proper it, it trolling, is, isn't it? It is. Few people submitted this, but Adam, thanks for that. As somebody did say though, as a response, I can't remember what he said. I'd have spent the money on a rebrand. <laughs> yes, me too. Actually. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, did you did you see the, the that the, those mental uh, Brendan Venter tweets? Oh yeah, who was it who said were, um, who, who, who who subtweeted it? Who knows him and said you know there are two sides to Brendan Venter and th- this is the other side. <laughs> it was somebody who knows him said you know he's a great, <laughs> as a man there are two parts to him. This is the other part, you know the part you don't <laughs> tend to like. I mean, I did enjoy enjoy everybody saying you know three cheers for Rob Baxter, <laughs> which. I mean, we could all enjoy, but, but I said, yeah, yeah. Though that's that kind of felt like a bit of a pointed exeter going. Oh, you say we have to be whiter than white, do you? Well, let's give a load of money to charity. Get fucked. It's not really about the money. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Adam. John Cahill gets in touch. He says, "Good. It has to be Leicester. Thank friggity fuck for that." <laughs> Don't speak too soon, John. But yes, it, there were some seeds of something looking a lot better <clears throat> yeah. in that performance. I think. Indeed. Uh, good for me was the like cornucopia of wonderful low-level shithousery that was going on in the Stad uh, Toulouse game A last number of night. people tweeted this, <sighs> Patricia among Unto- them. Yeah. 
Untying scrum off shoelaces from the bottom of the ruck is epic. That's wonderful. Stuff. Uh, could only be topped if you tied them together. Yes. Which, I mean, probably would be a penalty as opposed to just. Those remind me of the days when people be... used to pull your fucking leg air when you're in yeah. the scrum and stuff like well, that. Still... And also, well, then there was later on, uh, Gail Fiku was like tickling someone's face when he was pinned. <laughs> that at the bottom was of just the... really <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> When they shared the video, was I was like, there's oh, a shit. tenderness to it. Well, when the video, I thought, they've only posted it because he's obviously about to go up to the second knuckle in his eye socket in a minute. <laughs> but it was like, well, oh no, he literally just, just kind of gently yeah. tickled his face and they were smiling yeah. at each other. It was beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved it. It was like, it was just being a dickhead without any kind of malice, but just being a dickhead for the sake of dickheadery, <laughs> which I absolutely love. That's exactly 100% what we're here for, as the kids say now. Oh, emphatically. What else have we got that's good? James Gorecrotcher gets in touch. He says, that good, good was that Fekatoa rip, break and offload for the Watson try. He said, but shit was losing the game in the final five minutes against 13 men. However, he says, I would have been happy with two points at the start of Sunday if you, know, if you give it to me, which I suppose is a point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All points are important. Empress... Bristol, have now... Bristol have got zero points of the last two games, having got... Uh, what was it? Have managed to get at least one match point in every game since like something like December 2018. They've now gone on a two-match pointless streak, which, yeah, yes. As somebody said, the wheel. You know, I said last week that they'd loosen the nuts. I think one of the nuts has been removed on each wheel now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and somebody needs to get him in the pit quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're heading into sort of you know tires running down the track level yes. now. Yeah. Anyway, talking about good things. Uh, Empress of Blandings gets into it. says, Good was Harry Williams, the organic pasture-raised lamb, frolicking free of any care and card in dew-infested meadows until deciding that, yes, this last premiership match of the decade was going to be the one bad day of his life. <laughs> See, I don't think it was that bad a day. No. I think he had a great nice time. Tweet, though. Nice Yeah, tweet. I enjoyed it. Even though it was from a week ago, I still enjoyed yeah. it. I got myself all mixed up about when that was responded to. I yeah. think they did as well. <laughs> but, you know, if getting mixed up is not what this podcast is about, Josh, even in this <laughs> new year, I don't know what we're here for. So I mean, I forgot my name earlier. So I, I forgot where I was. Yeah. I got confused because yeah. all my screens were out of kilter. This is the level of quality you've come to expect. This is the Absolutely. level of quality we're asking some of you to pay for. But nevertheless, we do it. So um, we do. Because, with a smile on our faces. Because we have a certain amount of charm. So um, it's a very, very certain amount. But yeah. Yeah. So next week, Josh, you are off to Los Angeles. Yes, I am indeed. Uh, Don's California. Yeah. I'm disappointed you haven't got the jingle going this year. But... Oh, did I have that last year? I did, didn't I? I think you when did, he came yeah. back. Yeah. You reminded oh, yeah, me yeah, I'll yeah. do that. Uh, so we're not sure what's happening next week because I'm, I'm trying to get somebody to fill in, but uh, struggling. Paul Williams is in London like some selfish yeah. pig. Um, so uh, although why that p- should be a problem. No, indeed. We work in, the, you right, know, so living in an other age things Scott, to what? do. They come on my yeah. pod at three days notice because I'm shit at planning for when Josh is away. <laughs> so um, our pod. Maybe I, I can do it. Maybe I can do it from California. You know, you're not going to want to do that, though, are you, Josh? Let's be honest. No. And Rachel's no. going to want it even less. So... Yeah, well, I mean, I'm there for work for the first week, so it's like, you know, I could just... So you've got a choice of hanging around with some cool guitar shit or, like, Skyping into me at some ridiculous time in the morning. 
at some ridiculous time in the morning, yeah. I mean, it would actually be smack bang in the middle of my work day, which I imagine people will probably complain about. Hang on, i got to fuck off and do a podcast for two hours. See you later. Is it a guitar one? No. No? Well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, have a lovely time. We'll, I'll, Indeed, we'll probably I will. do something next week, but um, thanks very much. Speak to you all soon. Okay, Ta-da. Bye. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.